Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to a very special edition of the Eagle Hour. We always look forward to the Conference USA Baseball Tournament, and that's where we're at this afternoon, right here in front of the baseball office at Pete Taylor Park. Special two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, and uh, what a great lineup in uh, this hour. Coach Scott Berry's here on the set with us. We're going to be talking baseball. Jeremy McLean. Uh, athletics director is going to join us uh, in the next couple of hours. John Cox, former pitcher, Daniel Stewart. So we're going to have a great show for you this afternoon. Opening segment of our show, as always, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. Those are great supporters of Southern Miss Baseball, a great place to take your family for a wonderful meal. Also want to thank Southern Bank Corps for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. All right, head coach uh, Scott Berry joins us here on the set, right in front of your office, Coach, and uh, appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for showing up and then setting up right out here on the front porch. What a week. Let's let's try to review the week. Tanner Hall wins the Boo Ferris Award. You win the regular season conference championship. You're voted Coach of the Year in Conference USA. Coach Oz is voted Assistant Coach of the Year. And Tanner wins the uh, Pitcher of the Year in Conference USA. Kind of put in perspective all those accomplishments, Coach. Well, a lot of hard work started back in August whenever we uh, we assembled here, uh, trying to work towards where we are to date. But, you know, collectively a, a great team effort uh, on all those, that, that, that the awards that you just mentioned and and. Certainly, everybody on the individual side shares them with everybody uh, that surrounds them. What What does that uh, Boo Ferris Award mean to a program when when one of your kids is picked as the best? Well, you know, I think uh, what you have to understand first of all, we're in the best state of uh, of in the country for college baseball. I mean, uh, there's no three bigger programs and finer programs with with finer fan bases than what we have here in Mississippi. And certainly uh, it, it's, it is a big deal to people. So to have one of your players uh, named as the, as the top college baseball player in your state certainly uh, says a lot about uh, about our program, uh, where, where we are, you know, where we want to continue to be and what we expect to be. Right. And this year's just, there have been a lot of special years. I was thinking about that last night, the 50-win season a few years back, very special. A lot of really special years. But this year just seems to have just a wonderful touch to it, Coach. I mean, the team has played so well all year, and you, uh, you know, you're leaving the league as the uh, regular season champions. All of these awards coming, and now you've got the tournament here. I guess maybe for the last time at Pete Taylor Park. Yeah, well, uh, certainly for Conference USA is, is the case. I know in the Sun Belt that they go to a neutral side in Montgomery. But, you know, all the things that you alluded to right there, Bob, I mean, going out on top of the last year in Conference USA uh, certainly makes it really, really special. You know, there were years back where everybody was trying to chase Rice and, and the great program that they had under Coach Graham. And, you know, everybody was just – 
just marveled at, at the things that they accomplished and how they dominated the league. And not that we have dominated it here of late, but, you know, over the past several years, certainly it seems like people have been trying to chase us. You know, we're the been, been the one that's been at the top. And, right. and when you talk to other coaches and how they compliment your program and, you know, we're just trying to we're just trying to be like y'all is what is what they say. You know, I don't think there's a better compliment. And that isn't just the way our team plays on the field. It's about how our fan base shows up for the games. I mean, just just everything, the venue, the, the investment that the administration has made in baseball, it all uh, it all plays into, into to what's great here today. When you look back, uh, coaching through Conference USA, I, I would assume the Rice – the Rice rivalry comes to the top of your mind, but you've been some really good years in baseball at Conference USA. Oh, really good years. I mean, there was, you know, several years in a row where we would get four, even five teams in into a regional, and then we kind of hit a lull there where it dropped down to two or three teams. Uh, but, you know, I think we're back up there. Last year, certainly, we had four teams in the top 25. Um, and was very strong. We were, I think, the sixth RPI conference last year. This year we're the fifth RPI conference with great parity. You know, I know we'll talk about the tournament in a second, but I think we have eight very, very competitive clubs here that, that have a chance to go out on top uh, in, in, at, at the end of this week. And I think that's something that all our fans should remember about our time in Conference USA. I've, I've really felt like that. It was as competitive a conference in baseball as you could see. And I, I think about the Florida Atlantic games, the Louisiana Tech games, obviously the Rice games, uh, some of those great games you had with Charlotte in the, uh, in the conference tournament down on the coast, those years on the coast. Uh, so I think we, I think from a baseball perspective, our fan base should leave Conference USA really proud of what occurred in the conference. I agree 100%. I think that all the teams represented themselves the way that you want your conference teams to, to be represented. You know, each, each coach or each program, their coach had, you know, were very professional, had a lot of class, their teams played with class, and they showed up and they competed. And that's what you ask, you know, whenever you come to, to watch a game of any sort, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, you know, you want to be entertained. You want kids out there performing at their best and, and trying to, to win. And certainly I think that's what Conference USA Baseball has, has brought. One of our great rivals, of course, has been Louisiana Tech, and there's there's so many intertwined things there between the Tech program and, and this program. Looking forward, do you think that we, we will, and I think I've asked you this before, but do you think we will see some midweek competitiveness between the two schools? Absolutely. You know, I don't think it'll happen next year because schedules are, are built. But moving forward into 24, yes, I think from that point on, uh, you'll see us playing midweek and, and probably – you know, Coach Burrs and myself, you know, we're like brothers. I mean, I coached him at Meridian. We coached together here at, at Southern Miss before he left in, in 07. But, uh, you know, we have talked about it. And, and maybe, uh, you know, one year we play a Tuesday, Wednesday at their place. The next year they return it here and try to do something like that. Because, you know, it is four hours away. It's not like you just get in and run over there and play and come home. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. But, you know, certainly we're going to have to uh, find those midweek opponents now going into the Sun Belt because it'll take away those, some of those midweeks that we've been able to We're your schedule. midweeks in the past. That's right. That are now your conference. That's your correct. Conference so it's, you know, we're going to have to be creative or I'm going to have to be creative in, in schedule making. How do you do that, Coach? How do you sit down and, and start scheduling for the next year your non-conference games? 
Well, you, you try to go geographically, you know, who you normally play. Of course, like we just talked, we're going to lose some of those going into the Sun Belt uh, because those will, those will be so uh, conference foes with us. So, you know, uh, you, you, you build off from the southeast, the two lanes, the UNOs, you know, those that are givens in there, the Mississippi State, the Ole Miss at Trustmark, the Alabama. And then from there, I'm going to have to start widening a little bit, maybe have to travel just a little bit to get outside that or or catch somebody coming south that's a north team early mm-hmm. in the year that may be playing that. Uh, you know, maybe a McNeese on one weekend, and then they're going to Mississippi State, and they're trying to find something in between. So there's a website that you put information out that for that when you're looking for games. And so we'll rely on that information there. Right. I want to get to the conference tournament, obviously, that, that's on the field right now, but uh, I think we probably have a couple minutes left at the break. Uh, just your reflections on the year up to this point. Man, it's been great. You know, these these young men have have given us everything that we've asked them to do. You know, we went through a a point where we were really, really high. We had 15 consecutive wins. We had only lost three times in the month of April, two of those being on the last two days of that month. And then we kind of hit a little low. We got a couple of injuries that really kind of broke the chemistry in the lineup and kind of moved some people around that, you know, weren't familiar with those spots. And, and, uh, you know, we uh, we kind of struggled a little bit, you know, but I'm not sure that didn't that wasn't good for us at, mm-hmm. at some point. And uh, nobody ever wants to lose, but you know, you knew at some point that, that you were probably going to lose one. But mm-hmm. your job was to go out and concentrate on winning that that game and on that particular day, and that's what these guys did. But now we're back healthy. We played really well against UTSA. Dropped a tough one on that first night that we we could have won. Uh, but we won the next two and won that series and then went to Middle Tennessee, who had a really good RPI. So that was a great uh, sweep and an RPI sweep on the road for us and, you know, outscoring them 36-4 to and really dominating in every phase of the game. So a lot of momentum going into to what we have uh, today against against UAB. And, you know, that's that's a team that that ended that streak. And they played good, Bob. I mean, they Mark, really played they well. Yeah. You know, and that was when we were we were hurt. But, but they played well, and they outplayed us. And, and Casey Dunn, their coach, is a, is a really good baseball man. His dad was a legend there at Vestavian Hills and in Birmingham. So we'll have a real challenge with us. But today, you know, we checked that box of winning the conference regular season. Certainly that was our number one goal to do that, and we did that. Uh, and, and along the way, it's just been really neat to watch the chemistry of these kids come together. Real quick, what's more impressive, 33 runs in the last 22 innings or zero runs? given up by your pitching staff <laughs> well i still got to go with the zero runs i mean the 33 runs is phenomenal don't get me wrong but to just throw zero after zero after zero amazing uh you know that kind of breaks the soul uh you know if you're the opposition no question talking to head baseball coach scott barry we're on site here right outside of coach's office conference usa tournament underway last report Louisiana Tech leading Charlotte two to nothing. Old Dominion has already defeated Middle Tennessee eighteen to eight, and we're all sitting here hoping that these gray clouds stay away. More with uh, Coach Barry on the Eagle Hour right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Campus Bookmart for all they do for the Eagle Hour and for Southern Miss Athletics. They're on Hardy Street. Great place to go. While you're in town for the weekend uh, conference series uh, tournament, uh, they'll be open Monday through Sunday on Hardy Street. We hope that you'll pay them a visit. We're sitting here uh, right in front of his office talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. All right, coach, tournament's underway. ODU, 10 runs, Middle Tennessee. We're at last report, Louisiana Tech ahead of Charlotte, 2 to nothing. We're getting a... Four to nothing, Louisiana Tech over Charlotte. Uh, what's that? Third inning. Four to nothing, third inning. That's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, tough field, Coach. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of parity in this in this tournament. You know, if you look at the 12 teams that uh, are in our league, um, you know, the bottom four, in all honesty, they didn't pull their weight at all this whole whole year. I mean, they they just didn't win much games, and it pushed everybody else. The all eight going into last weekend, I mean, it was unraveling. I mean, there were five-way tie there uh, going into Thursday with it. So uh, it's it's a tough field. You know, uh, we've talked about it before. A lot of good programs that are here in Hattiesburg this week. Well, truth is, Louise, uh UAB gave us trouble. I mean, they beat us uh, two out of three over there. Do you take any different approach tonight? I've learned from you that you play the game, not the opponent. Is that the approach tonight? Yeah, it'll be the same way. You know, we'll uh, we're we're back healthy. Not that that was an excuse at all, but it did kind of throw us off a little bit. And not to take anything away from UAB, very good program. They outplayed us on that weekend, beat us two out of three. We were able to salvage that one win there on Sunday, which was huge, avoiding avoiding the sweep. So, uh, but no, we'll we'll get right back at it again, just like we finished last Saturday in in Murfreesboro and and play ball. Yeah, Reese Ewing uh, back with you as you mentioned, uh, and and one player certainly doesn't make a team, but boy, when thirty eight went out, that uh, that just sort of changed the complexion of stuff. And, and, and well, Wilkes was injured. That's your three and five hole. Mm-hmm. And then my observation too was it, it forced you to realign your outfield. It just did a lot of things to it kind did. of throw you out of sync a little it bit. It did, and it moved players around in, in the order that aren't, uh, uh, you know, necessarily those those uh, those kind of hitters in that in that order. But we had to do what you had to do and and try to survive it. And everybody gave their greatest effort to do it. But it is nice to have that stability back with those two gentlemen in the lineup. Rich Huey's been a really special player this year, hasn't he? He really has. And you know what? It isn't just the offense, Bob. It's his defense on in left field. I mean, he has turned in and developed into a phenomenal outfielder, you know, arguably one of, I mean, if not the best for us. I mean, he's made play after play out there uh, against the wall, coming in, you know, arm is played. And to his credit and to our strength coach, he, they have worked really hard on his on his physical uh, shape and his body. He's much more flexible. He's cut some weight a little bit and made him, made him more athletic. And it, it certainly it, it showed on defense and it showed on offense. Fans don't really see that, but isn't there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, like what you just said, that make a difference. In the, in the edge of your team? 100%. You know, I mean, we invested in that weight room uh, over $500,000 in 2015 for the development of these young men when they come in, not only as freshmen, but throughout their career. And, and we believe in that investment and in, in, in that type of development. And uh, we utilize it. We have two great strength coaches, Todd McAvick, who's our, our head strength coach, and then uh, Matt Gabriel, who's been our GA, who just recently is going to move on, got another 
another job next week. He starts at Jackson Academy up there. But those guys do phenomenal work. Our players trust them. They believe in them. And, you know, they're the kind of the drill sergeants that get them ready for battle on the field. You know, we're kind of the generals and, and those people that move things around. But, you know, the real the real trenches are dug in that weight room with those guys. And don't they deserve some credit, too, for keeping injuries to a minimum? Well, that would be them and our head athletic trainer, Sven Pearson, who does a phenomenal job with our athletes, too, both preventative and re- rehabilitation-type stuff when you're trying to get guys back on the field. Right. You had two of your kids uh, invited to participate in the USA Baseball Collegiate National Team training camp this week. And I wanted to get you to comment on that. Uh, Tanner Hall, one of the, one of the two kids, uh, and uh, what, what does that mean for your program when your kids are getting that kind of invitation? Well, once again, I think that, that just nationally gives you exposure to, to kids around the country because they're going to see these two names, and they're going to see where they're from, and they're going to go. If they haven't heard of us, they will then, and they'll take notice, and, and certainly will the parents and everybody else. And not just, just the people on the outside, but those people that are also there that are participating they will make friends, and they'll they'll hopefully make those impressions that that will reflect good on Southern Miss and Southern Miss baseball. Now, I know you're not going to want to talk about this much, but you just got voted Coach of the Year again in Conference USA, and and Coach Oz gets Assistant Coach of the Year. This is and you and you get the record this year for for most wins. This has been a really special year, Coach. There's been a lot of really good things that happened this year, but you know, Bob, I'll be the first one to tell you it's 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 who you're surrounded by that make those impacts. You know, it's about the players, it's about the staffs, it's about the assistant coaches. You know, it isn't about the individual person. You know, nobody does anything by themselves, and and if they think they do, they're disillusioned. Um, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due, and and certainly everybody shares in this and and the rewards and the the acknowledgments that we've all gotten this year coach oz hard to describe what a good job he's done in it. phenomenal job yes and uh you know i knew that uh whenever i went out to try to get him in here I'd, I'd watched him work at jones and of course our relationship goes back to 1991 when he came and worked out for us at meridian community college as a as a high school senior trying to get into college ball and junior college circuit so our relationship goes way back to that point but a tremendous baseball man played at a great program at Delta State. Uh, had great leadership there and great coaches, and certainly he absorbed it and uh, and has been able to take it with him and build on it. The depth of the pitching staff, from from my perspective, just a fan perspective, seems to be the best it's ever been. How important is that in the whole scheme of things? Well, it's it's really important, you know, that you have those pieces. You know, everybody would like to think that that starting pitcher is going to go out and cover seven, eight innings, but, you know, everybody stumbles at some point, and, or, you know, you, you create, uh, you know, a pitch count problem, and you've got to go to your pen. You've got to have those pieces, and you've got to have those roles and those guys that are, that are used to playing those roles, and they're good at it. And so our bullpen, you're right it's as strong as we've had since i've been here now going on 22 years and just just the the confidence level that these guys have the the pitchability the presence everything that they bring to the mound when they come into the game you know it's going to pretty much give you a chance to to win all right coach before we run out of time i'll get you to kind of give us your analysis michael's got his phone over here looks like a lot of rain headed here am i correct yes yeah (laughs) What would be this? What would be the scenario, Coach? I hope this doesn't happen. But let's just say the second session tonight 
gets pushed off because of rain, and then whenever you could come back, that's where you'd pick the tournament up. Is that correct? You know, I really don't know, Bob. That's out of my hands. That's in Conference USA's hands, and that's all their decisions. So nobody has really given me kind of any scenario really? that, that we would do. You know, I think we're all on our knees and, you know, yeah. praying right now that we yeah. can get through this. But as Michael just alluded to, you know, it's probably going to go with uh, with some time off here before too long. And, and you know, we'll just – I would imagine that, yeah, that's what will happen. You know, you'll pick mm-hmm. up right where you left off. I know last night in the SEC tournament they weren't able to get the fourth game in, and so they picked that. Of course, it's a, that was a single elimination day, so they had to get the what is going on right now, Kentucky and Auburn game in, so they could move into now the new bracket with double elimination. No. But I would not think that we would waver off from what the original schedule no. posted. How does it look, Michael? you got the radar right there in front of you. Just got an update. Probably next 30 minutes we're going to be getting. Well, I know sucked. there's a lot of people walking out of that ballpark, so yep. there must be oh, a lightning. There's thunder and lightning, yeah. There must be a delay. lightning delay or something at this point. Well, some things we can't control, Coach. That's one of them. No, well, no you're exactly right. And I've learned the hard lesson over the years that, you know, finally I've given in that I can't control the weather. Right. All right, so it would appear, you never know what's going to happen when they stop the game and start over. But if it would continue that Louisiana Tech were to defeat Charlotte, that put Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech on the winner side of that bracket. You have UAB. And then waiting on the winner of that game is Florida Atlantic and Texas San Antonio. Analyze the people in your bracket, as you've seen. Uh, really good offensive clubs, all four of them. You know, I really believe that. Uh, pitching depth may be a little bit of a problem um, on on our side, outside of ourselves. I believe. You know, they they're not as deep as us, but you know, they're they're their first five six hitters on all those teams are really really good hitters and so i think it's a very strong bracket but i also think it's a strong bracket on the other side no I mean, you know as we talked about right at the beginning i think there's eight quality teams representing conference usa in this tournament so the key is always pitching is it not to a large degree it is yeah and just not beating yourself and you know what makes up that is errors walks hit by pitches you know just giving the opposition more opportunities to try to beat you and you know if you can limit those and 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 take care of some business and maybe maybe uh you know go off from their miscues and and walks and, and hit by pitches then you can create some momentum and give yourself a chance to win well best of luck coach you know it's always a pleasure to have you on the eagle Island. well it's uh, always my pleasure thank you we look forward to the game hopefully tonight yes sir thank coach you. scott berry everybody head baseball coach here at southern miss looks like there has been a delay in the louisiana tech uh, charlotte game we'll try to get you an update on that uh, the players are actually leaving the field. Athletics Director Jeremy McClain next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Rain delay here at the uh, Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Uh, Louisiana Tech leading Charlotte by a score of four to nothing when lightning began to flash in the area. So they have uh, 
cleared the baseball stadium, put the players back on the buses, and we are in what we anticipated that would be some stormy weather here this afternoon. Athletics Director Jeremy McLean is with us here on the set. We're right in front of the baseball office at Pete Taylor Park. Jeremy, first of all, thank you. You're so accessible, and we always really appreciate your time. Happy to do it and uh, appreciate the opportunity to come join you guys. Appreciate lot, And thanks for being here today. Oh, sure. A lot of people have asked me this. Um, they say, Bob, is it a coincidence that since Jeremy got here, we got new turf, a new scoreboard, new lights, the baseball facility uh, is doing so well. And you, you made a comment to me off the air, it's easy to sell success. Yeah, it is. And, and I think our baseball program, and I, and I told someone earlier this year, you know, we lose sight of this sometimes, but this is, you know, yes, we've made progress in the last few years. I'm fortunate to be able to do that. But this is 40 years in the making. You know, this is a lot of hard work with a lot of people all the way back to, you know, Pete Taylor and, and Hill Denson and, and uh, you know, obviously Corky and Scott and the whole, everybody who's touched the program to get to this spot where we're, we're making this level of progress and trying to put ourselves uh, you know, nationally on a stage where year in, year out, we can be competitive. And there's been a history of that, of course. So, yeah, it's easy to sell a good product. It's easy to ask people to support a good product. So when we go out and try to raise money for turf or scoreboard or lights, whatever the case may be, uh, those conversations are, are, are a whole lot easier when it comes to a program that people, when they feel the way people in our community feel about our baseball program. Right. And uh, I think one of the successes of the baseball program, too, has been the stability and the leadership over an extraordinary long time. Yeah, you just don't find that, um, especially probably in in, in, in a base in a baseball. I, you know, it's hard uh, it's hard for me to identify another program that's had, you know, four coaches over a fifty year period or whatever. I don't know exactly what the years are, maybe longer than that. Uh, but it is. I mean, it's it, it is about consistency. It's about uh, being able to build something, and uh, I think it has a, a lot to do with our success. A lot of talk, obviously, about uh, your leadership and uh, and moving to the Sun Belt. Scott and I were talking earlier. You know, we, we do need to pause. I think just a second, and remember what wonderful years at times there has been in Conference USA. Yes, it's not like it's all been negative. No, and, and I was having that con- same conversation uh, not too long ago with someone. You know, there's we're a charter member of Conference USA. We've had some fantastic experiences and years here in the league. And, you know, we wanted, and we really were talking about this tournament, you know, we want to put this on at a high level, first-class way, and, and really uh, leave Conference USA on the right note. And uh, so our staff's been working hard to make sure we do that. Uh, we're excited about the transition. But you're right, I think we need to take a minute and reflect on what's been a lot of positives that have happened in Conference USA over the course of 20-plus years. I agree with that completely. Will Hall's going to join us in the next hour. We're going to switch gears with you a little bit while we have you here for a few minutes. But So baseball's been a great year, unbelievable. Still a lot to play for, obviously, this year. Football will be right around the corner, and I get the sense in talking to people around the community and certainly in talking to the coach, because he is a real breath of fresh air, that good things are about to happen in football. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, you know, yes, Coach Hall is an optimist, and he's he is, brings great energy, and, you know, and that's contagious, which is a very positive thing for not only our football program, but our entire department. But I think you see it coming. If, if you have a chance to watch them every day and, and interact with our student-athletes and, and, and talk to them about what they see, it is, is obvious to me uh, that we're headed in the right direction. I think the only question is, what's the timeline? You know, how how quickly does that come together? And we've got some maturing still to do, and we're going to be a young squad still. But 
for a lot of really good things are, are happening and are about to happen uh, for our football program. In a complete new league, too, where I think there's the opportunity over the next five, ten years to really develop some big regional rivalries, which it would seem to me would increase participation, fan participation here, yep. or because you've, you've got schools that will bring fans here. Was that one of the most attractive things to you about the Sun Belt? It was. Um, there, there was a lot of things, obviously, that checked a bunch of boxes for us, but the ability to create some of those rivalries really was, um, you know, uh, attractive to me because I think, and again, we, we talked about a lot of the good that's come with Conference USA over the years, but one of the real challenges for us uh, with the league as it currently stands was creating that, creating rivalries, creating a, you know, our, our, our fans want to come and support us against programs that they know and they're familiar with. And, and I think the Sun Belt gives us this great opportunity with South Alabama and Monroe and Louisiana Lafayette and Troy and Arkansas State, you know, just to name the few that are around us, not not to mention the App States and the Coastal Carolinas playing at a right. really high level, but these programs that are within driving distance of us to create some real rivalries, and, and I think that cannot be overstated. Uh, I think that's what makes college athletics great, and, uh, you know, it you know kind of joked earlier that uh, – Everybody kind of needs somebody to hate in college athletics, right? And so we, right. we need those rivalries. We need to, uh, you know, I say that tongue-in-cheek, obviously, from a respect standpoint, but we need to be able to create those kind of rivalries, and, and I think that will elevate all of our programs. I get the sense that the Sun Belt, you, you get the sense when you look at it that it's a conference on the move, that it's a conference growing and getting bigger and better, in a, not just in the number of charter schools, uh, the number of schools, but just overall. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's an accurate sense. We had an opportunity to have some visits and, and, and uh, be able to start attending some meetings here recently and just, you know, really impressed with what we heard and saw and, and kind of how everyone is thinking big picture and long, you know, long-term, you know, longevity. Uh, yes, we all have to worry about how to pay for umpires. And, I mean, there's all these things that we, we don't go away. The challenges are remain the same. But there definitely is a sense of, hey, we're headed in the right direction. What do we need to continue to do um, to get better and position ourselves the right way as a league? And so, uh, I, you know, really, really been impressed with the feeling that everyone's kind of pulling that rope in the same direction. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement about the, about the change of conference. And I think uh, you can already look ahead, for example, the Halloween week game yeah. with Lafayette. Yeah. Those things seem to have an electric possibility yeah I'm, i've kind of circled that one um on the calendar just from the standpoint of a thursday night game on espn uh you know in, in front of our crowd and, and halloween week I, it's going to be a lot of fun you're, and you're playing a great opponent who's been oh, yeah. you know been ranked the last several years and and uh and is just a few hours down the road so they'll bring folks as well so i'm i'm really excited uh, about that game along with a bunch of other ones on our schedule but that one's going to be a lot of fun one thing i've always observed when we play schools from louisiana is you you better come ready because it's going to be a fist fight there's no doubt yeah. no doubt and they, they definitely they've always had that uh you know they kind of play with the chip on the shoulder kind of like we take pride in doing and and uh so i, I think that's going to end up uh you know with louisiana in football and baseball for sure uh, I think it's going to be a, a really fun rivalry. What's it mean to have the last Conference USA tournament here? You know, I, I, like I said earlier, I think it it, it matters. Uh, I was really adamant about making sure that we we um, didn't lose the opportunity to do that. Uh, and, and was because, that ever a possibility? Because um, that kind of floated around some. <laughs> um, be careful what I say here. Um, it was a possibility. Um, but, I, again, it was just one of the things I wanted to make sure that we didn't 
we didn't give in on. because And it's not just about hosting the tournament, but it's about, as we talked about earlier, get the opportunity to, to do it the right way. And we take great pride in hosting this baseball tournament. And we've done it for you know multiple years over the past decade or so. And, and I really feel like we do it as well as anybody. And we wanted the opportunity to really leave on a high note and, and, and put on a great tournament. Um, before we make that transition. Now, you're a baseball guy. Moving forward uh, in the Sun Belt, they always play at uh, in Montgomery yep. on a neutral field. Yep. Now, as a baseball man, isn't that really the fairest way to have a tournament? It is. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I think, um, you know, I think, yeah, I hope it works in our favor this week, but I think last year, you know, when we were in Ruston, I think that definitely, you know, they had a great club. But I definitely think you know that gave them extra juice to to be able to get it get it done, and again, especially against us, great crowds, great atmosphere, and so you can kind of go back over over history and you get the same examples. So yeah, I think a neutral site event in baseball is is the fairest way to do it. And uh, right now, the Sun Belt tournament is hosted in Montgomery at the Double A Stadium there, and the biscuits, uh, the biscuits, yep, yeah. and a great stadium, great venue. And uh, it's going to be there at least for the next couple of years. And then I think they'll be looking – I'm sure they'll be looking to maybe take it back and sign a new contract, but maybe looking at other uh, neutral site opportunities as well. i got a great suggestion, Jeremy. Uh, they have the uh, basketball tournament, I understand, in Pensacola. Yeah, yeah. There's a beautiful baseball stadium in downtown Pensacola. It'd be an yeah. awesome place for a conference tournament. I don't disagree. And we've played down there before. And we that uh, the group down there that helps put on the basketball tournament, who's done a great job, I think would love to see the baseball tournament come down there to Pensacola too. So I think there's a great some great options within our footprint. Uh, you know, and Biloxi may be in the mix too when, when the time comes. So there's some great options kind of within our footprint uh, from neutral site, minor league stadiums that would be really good for us. Michael, any update on the weather? It's raining here. The uh, tournament has been stopped, and Jeremy, it's raining pretty hard right now. Pretty yes, gray, it is. Yes, it is. And you know, this is uh, when you put on a tournament. This is this is the worst fear, to be honest with you. But this time of year, you have to expect it, and right. uh, we'll adapt and adjust. How's it look? I think this is the rest of our afternoon. Really, the way it's looking. Yep. Right. It's well, be a late night. On a, on a positive note, Jeremy, we've got a turf field out there that right. you were instrumental in getting us, and uh, they tell me it drains pretty fast. Yeah, if we can get it to stop, it won't take us long to, to get ready to play. It's just a matter of whether it's going to decide to stop or not today. Looking at the bracket, though, I think Friday was kind of a slow day. Yeah. And so it kind of gives you a little fallback. Yeah, if we, if we end up getting washed out today, we'll push things back and be able to catch up on Friday. So it'll, it'll just make for some long days, but we'll get it done. Always appreciate you, Jeremy. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you for everything. You bet. Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director at Southern Miss. We're going to come wrap up the first hour. Maybe moving inside because I'm beginning to feel the rain here on the set. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we want to thank Athletic Director Jeremy McLean, who is literally in here helping us get our uh, studio set back up. They've moved us inside the baseball office because of the uh, bad weather outside. The weather has, of course, put a stop, at least for the time being, to the uh, Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Uh, they... Pull the plug with the bad weather. Uh, Louisiana Tech was leading Charlotte four to nothing, I believe, in the fourth inning. And uh, according to uh, Jeremy, what they'll do is just try to ride this weather out, and then uh, once uh, 
things become playable again, they'll just kind of pick up where they left off, and that would be, of course, finishing the game with Tech and Charlotte, followed by the Southern Miss uh, uh, UAB game, and then the Florida Atlantic UTSA game. Would love to give you a time frame, but uh, we have absolutely no idea. What an athletic director. The man not only does the show with us, Michael, he literally helps us move all of our equipment inside the building. Yeah, but I just realized he moves us into uh, an area we've got cookies and food, Chick-fil-A. Yes, and yes. All sorts of assorted food and uh, all sorts of stuff. All right, uh, coming up with us, uh, John Cox is going to be joining us here on the other side of the break. Will Hall as well. Daniel Stewart, a former pitcher for the Golden Eagles, that I'm going to bet John Cox remembers, Daniel Stewart, uh, who reminds us that he was undefeated against Mississippi State during his pitching career. Come on in here, John. You can sit down now. We've got a little couple of minutes left, and then we'll have the top of the hour break and then come back. Appreciate you coming on. Glad to be here. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now, especially since it's inside. Yeah, especially inside. I told him how impressive it is when the athletics director helps move your gear for you. That's uh, that's what you call hands-on, right? That's that's what Jeremy does. Jeremy does a great job. Uh, Your first time ever that you've been in a tournament where there was a rain delay, John? (laughs) I wish it was. Let's see. This is my 25th Conference USA tournament, I think, maybe 26th. And I bet you there's been a rain delay at some point in at least half of them. It's I just think you're right about the that. time of the year and the, the part of the country and all that. So uh, you just, now you hope it doesn't come down like it is right now. Sometimes it's just a little delay. Right. This one might be a longer. But, uh, you know, I was telling somebody a little while ago, you know, had one in uh, Jackson one year up in Pearl at the minor league park. And uh, the Southern Miss played the last game, and it was such a long day. There might have been a little weather here and there. Our last game started just about eight minutes after midnight and got done right at 3 a.m. I was there, John. Yeah. Houston. Houston. They used to By Cougars. the time we drove home, it was a little after 5 yeah. in the morning. Stop for breakfast because it was breakfast yeah. time then. So. Showed how smart we were. We got a few hours sleep, got back up, took a shower, and drove back to Pearl <laughs> to, uh, to to catch the next game. Uh, we were talking to, earlier, John, to Jeremy, and we may get interrupted here by the break, but uh, – I think it's important for fans to to reflect a little bit. Uh, this being the, the the last time we'll participate in Conference USA, been a lot of good times in Conference USA. It hadn't been all bad. Well, I think when you 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 talk about when it happened there in 1996, I guess was the first year of Conference USA. Uh, the the people I remember all the people the schools were always great a lot of them were schools that we'd never really had a relationship with before and still kind of have today but then the people at those schools uh, my counterparts the uh, sports information people got to meet the coaches and those kinds of things and so yeah I got a lot of fond memories of Conference USA and I think uh, wherever Southern Miss is now in the in the on that ladder. In uh, college athletics, Conference USA helped us move up that ladder. I we won championships right. in that in that league and uh, just about everything. And so, yeah, a lot of lot of fond memories are what Conference USA and the the avenue it gave Southern Miss to do a lot of things. And that's where a lot of our our old rivals were formed, really: East Carolina, Memphis, uh, Tulane, those schools. And we were playing. You know, we were playing in the late seventies. We were playing. East Carolina and Tulane and some of those. And so when we originally got 
in the old Metro Conference there in the summer of, I guess it was 80, 82. All of a sudden, you know, we're in there playing with Louisville and Cincinnati and Tulane and, and then Memphis State and uh, Virginia Tech and I'm people like that. I mean, and, uh, you know, particularly from the basketball standpoint, I was telling somebody this story today, basketball had a, a deal with Raycom Sports, and so there was a Southern Miss basketball game on a Thursday and a Saturday that was on Raycom Television. We are on national TV uh, twice a week with our basketball games, and I added it up one day. They were about in that, that, that era from about 82, 83, till we got into Conference USA. Southern Miss basketball was on like 135 times in uh, basketball and yeah. games seen all over a large part of the country. So, uh, yeah, all the all the vehicles, all the schools, all the teams that we competed against uh, at Southern Miss have helped us kind of get to where we are today. You and I have been around here long enough to know. I, I tell young guys like Jeremy standing over there, our Jeremy, uh, it, it's hard to describe at one time how electric basketball was in this place when Memphis, Louisville, Cincinnati would come to town. Oh, it, it's amazing, you know. And then you you, you kind of uh, again tie in. You knew you were going to be on TV, and a lot of the country was getting to see those games. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure you were there. You know, you, you think back. This would have been, gosh, gosh, this would have been maybe '91, something like that. Uh, sellout crowd at oh, yeah. Ray Green Coliseum. Louisville came in. We were ranked, nationally ranked. They were nationally ranked. And uh, we couldn't even let the students come. We had the students watching on closed circuit TV at the uh, University absolutely Union. Absolutely right, yeah. Talking to John Cox, we're now inside the baseball office as the Conference USA baseball tournament has been stopped for rain. Michael Mergens is here with me. Michael is monitoring the radar. We'll get him to update that when we come back. Continue our conversation with our longtime friend John Cox on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Second hour of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting inside the baseball facility here at Pete Taylor Park. John Cox is uh, visiting with us. Head football coach uh, Will Hall up next on the show. Daniel Stewart, former baseball player, will be joining us as well. Uh, Michael, real quick, I'm looking at your computer. It does appear that the rain is headed in our direction from the Gulf Coast and it appears to be expanding. We have a severe thunderstorm warning till 5 o'clock, so I'm assuming that's how long they expect the heavy stuff to last, but uh, we could see on and off rain throughout the evening. Hmm. John Cox, is this going to be one of those games that at 1 o'clock this morning we're out here watching baseball? Well, you never know, but, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, when you th- and you've probably been through things like this too. I, some of my best stories come from uh, situations like this where you're out there at uh, 1.30 in the morning and, uh, you know, trying to win a baseball game. So well, I hope not. hope we'll get started uh, sooner than later, but uh, all part of it. I'm just glad we got the artificial surface. I'm, not, I'm afraid the way it's coming down now, if we didn't, we might almost be done for the day. Yeah, I think you're right. And it does, Michael, appear to be on radar widening as it comes up from mm-hmm. the Gulf. Yeah, so we'll have to just keep you informed about that. Uh, that's out of everybody's hands. Louisiana Tech was leading Charlotte 4 to nothing when the rain came. 
So you'd have to finish that game, then you'd be playing the uh, Southern Miss game, and then after that the Florida Atlantic uh, UTSA game. How about a Dustin <clears throat> Dickerson pickle over there? Man, he's got those he camouflage shorts is. on. Yeah. Yeah. Big jar of pickles. Uh, that's the secret to playing shortstop. Is he about to eat these pickles? Is that what you're know. doing? They Dustin? look pretty good. Dusty, I might like one of those, man. Do the play. We can do the play-by-play. Those deals right there. He yeah. he dives into the drawer. Yeah. Picks up a big, large pickle, <laughs> and uh, is about to consume it right here. That's got a lot to do while he's hitting about 362 this year, leading the Golden. Is Eagles, that the right? secret, Dustin? A pickle, is the, a pickle it's a the day. pickles, right? It's the pickles. Oh, it's cre- and Creels help too, son. Oh, I yeah. see. Well, there's the real secret that's right, right there. That's yeah, right. there's the guy that's taught him everything. He, he probably knows. taught him about the pickles. See, probably, uh, probably so. All right, John, so it's kind of the grand finale. <clears throat> Look, he's going to leave now with the pickle. No, he's going to get John a he's pickle. He's going to get me Is a pickle. Right? I love dill pickles, huh? How about that? Hmm. The bigger the dill pickle, the better. There we go. All right, John, it's the grand finale of uh, Southern Miss here in Conference USA. You think back uh, through the years that uh, you've covered baseball. Talk to us about Scott. The first thing that has to come to your mind is, are the rice, the rice games. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rice and uh, Coach Barry against Wayne Graham, the longtime coach there at Rice and playing there at Reckling Park when, uh, you know, thank you, Dusty, where uh, where Rice was, uh, you know, among the top teams in the country and the Golden Eagles were trying to, you know, take that crown away from Rice, and they did on occasion. Remember that game here several years ago on a Sunday afternoon where it was about, felt like about 105 degrees oh, out yeah, there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we throw out a runner at the plate to win the championship. And so, yeah, there's a lot of great memories in Conference USA, and I'm lucky enough to, to travel around you know, to all three sports, and whether it be football, basketball, or baseball, there's a, there's a lot of great memories in Conference USA to go around. You know, one of my favorites will always be John McCormick and his program at Florida Atlantic. Such a high-class guy and uh, and a really high-class program in Florida Atlantic. Well, and, and and he's one of a lot of great coaches in, in Conference USA. But I got to know probably, as well as you probably could, Wayne Graham, the longtime coach at uh, Rice who just retired a few years ago. But, you know, he had played, just had, a, as they say, a cup of coffee in Major League Baseball. He played for the Phillies back in 1964 when the uh, Phillies lost the pennant in the last week of the season. He played for the, the Mets, the early days of the New York Mets. And, uh, you know, he always used to tell me my favorite story is he said he was playing minor league baseball in Hawaii. And somebody asked him, you know, what was the funniest thing or you'd ever heard in a baseball game? He said one night playing in Hawaii in the Pacific Coast League, he says uh, he's there at the uh, plate and this guy has been on the umpire all night long. And finally, this one guy there in Honolulu hollers from the stands, and not many people there, so everybody could hear it. He said, hey, ump. He said, weren't you the night watchman at Pearl Harbor? <laughs> so so you, you get to meet those guys, and, and they tell some stories like that. And so it, it's just, the people's what makes it uh, so much fun. Yeah, there's no question about that. We, we enter a new era now going to the Sun Belt. Uh, and talking earlier to uh, Jeremy McClain, a lot of opportunity there, though, John, in the years to come to build some regional rivalry. Baseball is going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, well, and it's Jeremy. I talk, Jeremy and I were talking about this one day. It's it's uh, 
the one league that still kind of makes sense geographically. You know, nowadays you got, you know, Cincinnati playing in the Big Eight, and you got West Virginia going, and just it's hard to keep up with them. The Sun Belt is one that still geographically, to me, kind of makes sense, and I think there's about, I haven't counted it lately, but there's about eight of the schools that are within legitimate driving distance of Hattiesburg and, and Southern Miss and all teams, I think, that sort of have, or in schools that have sort of the same philosophy as Southern Miss about, and they all kind of come from the same backgrounds, uh, the way they've kind of built their athletic program. So, yeah, I think it was the right move at the right time, and uh, I'm anxious for it to get started because it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, as you travel the country doing the play-by-play for all of our sports, i got to believe that uh, particularly over the last uh, couple of years, goes back further, but really over the last couple of years, you get that you get that aura of when you show up with the baseball team, this is one of the nation's elite teams here. Oh, yeah, people, uh, I, you know, it's funny. People come out to watch whoever the opponent might be. They come out now and watch their team, but they also come out because it's Southern Miss coming to town, and they know Scott Berry. They know, you know, what he's built here at Southern Miss. But And so, yeah, we get a lot of fans that way. But, but again, it goes back. Uh, Southern Miss is one of the one of the baseball programs in the country. Maybe the the one the only one. You think back. I tell you, Pete Taylor came in 1958 as the head coach. He stayed till '83, and then was followed by Hill Denson, who had played for Pete Taylor. And then uh, after Hill got out, Corky Palmer came in. Well, Corky had played for Pete Taylor and coached with Hill Denson. And then Scott Berry comes in to be the head coach, and he has uh, he didn't know Coach Taylor, but he knew Hill. He coached with Corky. He knew Corky. And so the, the philosophy since about 1958 in Southern Miss baseball has been virtually the same. They do a few things differently here and there, but the basic philosophy of a Pete Taylor, Hill Denson, Corky Palmer, and Scott Berry has all been the same. And so that's amazing. I don't think another school can say, what is that, 58 to 2022, that's uh, almost 70 years, something Correct. like that. And uh, so that's why I think the program's so successful, the kind of that tradition and sticking to what made it so good all those years. And the stability. The oh, yeah. stability of the leadership. There's yeah. a really no question about yeah. that whatsoever. And you mentioned Jeremy. That's great to have Jeremy. There's an old uh, ex-baseball guy who knows uh, you know, how important that could be when he, he started up at Delta State. And those are part of you know those programs were playing at the highest level uh, still today. And even when Jim, Jeremy was playing, I mean, they were contending for national titles. So it's a, it's a special sport. Southern Miss people have really uh, uh, kind of put their arms around it. A lot like they're doing the football program with this guy right here, Will Hall. You can you can sort of feel the same thing. A guy who knows how to do it the way uh, we've been successful at Southern Miss, and you know the things that Will's bringing to Southern Miss football. I think it's gonna won't be long for Southern Miss will be back on everybody's tongue, and uh, so so it's a great place to be. I love it. I wouldn't want to be in any place other than Southern Miss. Rodrigo Montenegro just comes in and gets a drink, and of course his brother has been here since 1965, and uh, it's going to be unusual not to have uh, Gabe Montenegro around. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there ought to be a rule. You can, you don't, I think there is a rule in Conference USA, only two Montenegros to a team. And yeah, right. uh, Rodrigo's been a great addition. But, yeah, Gabe, uh, I think Rodrigo told me, let's see, let me see if I can figure what he told me. I think he told me that when Gabe played his first year 
at Southern Miss, Rodrigo was in the eighth or ninth grade. So that's how much a, right. a difference there is between the two. But, uh, yeah, well, Gabe will be one of those guys you think about for a long, long time. And no he's question. he's rarely missed a game. He's played in more games than anybody else has in the history of, you know, Southern Miss baseball. He's on the in the top five of literally every other uh, category. So, uh, yeah, when you get guys like that, you're lucky to have them for a long, long time. One of our guests tomorrow is Brian Dozier on the show, and I know you're very familiar with him. Uh, another great example of the not only the, the, the caliber of player, but the caliber of character that this program produces as young men. Well, I tell you, and, and Brian, ask Brian about this when he's on. He'll tell you, I'm not sure Southern Miss was even on Brian's radar as he was coming out of high school. But uh, I think he ran into Coach Barry maybe at a uh, some sort of a uh, tournament out in Kansas or Nebraska or somewhere like that, and he said almost from the first time he met Scott Barry, he he sort of knew you know they were kind of connected. And I think Corky was the head coach, but Scott was doing a lot of recruiting, and uh, so Scott immediately kind of developed that relationship with Brian, and and Brian basically turned down all the other offers he had. Not he'll tell you not that there were a lot of them, but he had some pretty good ones. Uh, but uh, to bring a guy in like that uh, that turned out to be the caliber of player, caliber of human being that Brian is. And how much he loves Southern Miss is uh, is kind of the Southern Miss story. You know, you you mm-hmm. find those diamonds in the rough. You you find those guys that everybody else says can't play and can't do the things, and they come here with a chance to prove it. And uh, I mean, it happened to Brett Favre. It happened to Reggie Collier. I mean, you can go down the list of Southern Miss athletes. Like happened to Clarence Weatherspoon. I mean, all kinds of guys like that. So that's I always tell people that's why I love Southern Miss so much because Southern Miss is a place that helps make your dreams come true. He took this old boy from Middletown, Ohio, who wanted to be a sports announcer and uh, gave him a chance, and so the rest is history. So that's what Southern Miss is, a place that uh, makes your dreams come true. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you, Bob. Glad to be with you. John Cox on the Eagle Hour. Coach Will Hall's in the building. We're going to talk football next. We're excited about that. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank John Cox for joining us. So we're inside the baseball office here at Pete Taylor Park. Uh, tournament on hold due to heavy rain. Go back to our producer, Michael Mergens. Uh, any uh, optimistic updates, Mr. Merkins? Not looking at this radar, but uh, there could be a break. Uh, but it keeps changing. The uh, predictive radar shows that it's just going to rain for like the next month, it looks like. <laughs> I think realistically, yeah, we could see a break here in the next hour or so. Football coach Will Hall's with us now on the Eagle Hour. Coach, you said you heard a little something, maybe some potential timing for the rest of the night. Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that officially. I just heard them talking. Maybe this one could get started at 3.30, which would push ours back to 6.30. I tell you what, though, as we walked in, the toughness and energy level in this room went out the roof because Gabe Montenegro just walked yeah, in. Yeah, no question and about it. And when you think toughness and juice and passion. Correct. That's a true golden eagle Correct. over there. Right. I love watching you play. Right, yeah. <laughs> John told me uh, just last week that when Gabe played his first game here, Carson Pato was in the eighth grade. Is that correct? <laughs> 
Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I've had the good fortune, Coach, to uh, get to know Gabe's family during mm-hmm. the couple of baseball seasons and uh, quality family, and that's these young men are just that. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, I love watching Gabe play. I'm glad his brother's here now, and uh, they're true Golden Eagles for sure. All right, Coach, uh, once we wrap up baseball, we're not going to be far from football, and there's a lot of – I think a lot of juice in the air about moving to a new league, uh, another year under your leadership, and uh, the way the team finished last year. I want to go back to that real quick. I got to tell you something, Coach. It took a it took a lot of courage to do what you did at the end of the year. Run us through the creation of the Superback era. I don't know if it took courage, Bob, or just you know I've told people a lot. Desperate times. You know, call for desperate measures, everybody knows that. But also, when you look through the course of, of this country's history, most uh, things that were invented were, were in times when your back was against the wall and, and, and you had to do some creative thinking. And, you know, we were just at our wits' end from the standpoint of not just the quarterback position, but the amount of players we had to play a college football game overall, you know, because it's been well documented. We played the year with 62 scholarships. And I've said, you know, the analogy I've used throughout the speaking circuits, we were like a 2A school playing a 6A schedule with the amount of players we had. And so we, it came down to, look, we got three games left. We don't have enough players to play the normal snaps that it takes to play a college football game. You know, if you look at our season, we would be very competitive in the first half, and in the second half we would dwindle. You know, and a lot of people thought, well, we suck at making adjustments and all that. That's actually not the case. We were just gassed. We were tired. We didn't have any players to play a whole game. So we said, how can we reduce the total number of snaps in a football game by about 40 to 50? And one way we decided to do it was we're just going to milk the clock. We're going to run it. We're going to snap it with one second. And a lot of times people just look at that and saying, well, you're reducing the number of offensive snaps you play. Well, actually, you're just, you know, we looked at it. We reduced the number of special team snaps by a significant amount. We reduced our defensive total snaps by a significant amount. And we reduced our offensive snaps. So all in all, we were reducing the game in those last three games by about 35 to 55 snaps, depending on how well we were moving the ball offensively. That's, you know, when you when you multiply 50 times 11, you know, what is that, 550 snaps, you know, of, of a kid being out on the field that has to play, and it just gave us a much better chance to win uh, down the stretch. I'm really pleased with how our kids finished the year, and uh, we're excited about our future. Could you have predicted how successful that was? Well, we knew we'd better run it. I mean, football is a game of math and geometry. You know, you've either got a numerical advantage or, you, or you've got an angle and leverage advantage. And, and when you're snapping it to the quarterback and running it, you're going to have a you know a hat on a hat with a ball carrier behind it. And uh, Jason Brownlee was a big factor in that because if they go one-on-one with him, you know, you can't really guard him one-on-one. And these young men, you know, you can throw a hitch and a fade. I mean, anybody can do that. It's just a stop route or a go ball. And uh, so – the kids handled it well, and uh, and we were able to finish out the year with with two wins. And uh, you know, if we'd had everybody healthy at the superback spot in the in the UTSA game, we had a great shot to win that one too. Uh, no question about that. Uh, so you basically what you're talking about is depth. How much improved will that aspect of your team be this year? Tremendous. You know, I tell people all the time. You know, our, our talent was not as bad as what our record was. We had some really good players. We just didn't have enough of them. You know, like I said, we were at 62, and once the injuries happened, we were down into the 50s. And we'll be at 85 this year. You know, it's been well documented how well we've done recruiting since we've been here. And I think the people that are excited uh, about our future and where we're headed, I think the that's directly connected and correlated to how we've recruited. You know, uh, 
you know, I, you know, we, we pretty much know right now Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State's going to have a good football season in the next few years because they've recruited really well consistently over a period of time. We've put two phenomenal recruiting classes together. Uh, we're reaping the rewards of that now. Uh, we've signed 36 kids since we've been here that, that played high school football in the state of Mississippi that were heavily recruited. So like John said earlier, we're getting back to our roots and what works here from Jeff Bauer to Bobby Collins and on and on. Pi Van getting back to this footprint, these kids that are hardcore and tough and, and know what it means to wear the black and gold and their families do. And um, I'm not saying we've arrived. You know, we're a work in progress, but we will be a much improved outfit this fall. You know, our roster, overall health and well-being of our roster, and I'm not talking about ankle injuries and things like that. I'm just talking about the overall well-being of the program, being at 85 scholarships. We just had the highest uh, GPA in school history for football with a 284 GPA this past spring. We've got nobody that needs any hours going into summer school for eligibility, which uh, I would say there's probably – Ten schools or less in the whole nation that way academically in football. So uh, we're doing it right. We are. We're, we're building it right. We're building our house on rock, and we're reaping the rewards of that with our culture and our off-the-field stuff. Uh, I understand we've got to win. We're going to win. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a process to build a program. Well, I think that says a lot. I think that's really important what you just said. Mm-hmm. GPAs, kids going to school, kids getting education. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of Jeff Bauer. Well, that means the world to me because I, I really, you know, when I think of a prince of a man, Jeff Bauer is one of the first people I think about. Uh, I've just got the utmost respect for him. I have since I was a young boy. Uh, and I've just been so one of the greatest and coolest things about me getting this job has been able to develop a relationship with him. Uh, he came to practice several times this spring. He brought his grandson to practice. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, – he, he's really starting to come around more again, and uh, I think he knows he's welcome. I think he appreciates how we're doing it, and uh, his support means the world to me and his belief. And, uh, you know, all those former greats are starting to get back involved too. You know, we're seeing them come around more. We're seeing them appreciate how we're doing it, and uh, we've re- we, we reach out to them all the time and let them know that. And, uh, I, like I said, I feel really good about where we're headed. I'm not saying we're there yet. We've not arrived. But, but man, we're way better today than we were yesterday, and we'll be better tomorrow when we put our head down than we are today. The coach last month, Hugh Freeze, was on our show, and he said that if you had seen their spring football practice, you wouldn't be worried about the opening game. Are you buying that? <laughs> uh, no. You know, i got a lot of respect for Coach Freeze, and uh, I'm very familiar with their staff. You know, his – Three of his defensive coaches, his D coordinator, his D line coach, and his corners coach, the last three years were all my, that was my defensive staff at West Georgia. His offensive line coach and recruiting coordinator was my OC for 14 years throughout D2, and we just hired him back here at Southern Miss. So, very familiar with Coach Freeze and their staff. Got great respect for what they've done. And uh, no, they'll have a really good football team coming in here. It'll be a great challenge for us right out of the shoot. Exciting. It'll, Exciting. Yeah. Way to start. It'll be a great barometer for how far we've come. You know, um, we've not been a good football program for two years. Uh, we've not been a great football program for some time. Uh, we are moving back towards getting to be a great pro. We will be a great football program again. Uh, how close are we to that? 
I think we'll find out game one. You know, if we can, if we can, if we could win a game versus Liberty game one, I think I think we've we've taken a great big leap towards getting this great program back where it should be. Uh, if we don't, we still got work to do. Now, we still got work to do either way. But uh, we're excited about that game. It should be a great atmosphere, and, and we're looking forward to it. And a whole new slate of opponents. Just a whole sense of of renewed optimism and hope and excitement around your program, Coach. Yeah, as far as the conference goes, it's just a very well-organized, well-run league. And I can't say enough about Jeremy McLean and Dr. Bennett and uh, and getting us into that conference at this time because college football is uh, a moving target right now. College football and the landscape of it will be very different, in my opinion, in the next five years. And us being in a solid conference with great leadership, with like-minded schools, that's a regional footprint, I think gives us a great opportunity to be on the forefront of being in a good position when everything settles and the dust settles on where college football is headed. Now, a lot made last year about uh, the fact that you came out on the field wearing a shirt and tie. Yeah. Is there any chance John Cox will be doing the games in a shirt and tie? Well, you know, John Cox, when he walks in a room, the first thing everybody says is just first class. You know, so he doesn't – I have to put on a shirt and tie so everybody knows I'm classy. John just exudes that with his natural persona. Yeah, there he is right there. He's exuding it as we speak, isn't he, Coach? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Coach, we're uh, we're really glad to have you here. What what message would you like to send to the Southern Miss faithful as we get ready to wrap up this segment with you? Yeah, I would like to tell them just to keep supporting like they are. What makes Southern Miss special is the fact that we have great history and tradition. We have an unbelievable real fan base. We don't have to get on social media and create a fake fan base or fake passion like so many group of five football programs do. Probably 95% of all group of five programs have to fake it. We're not fake, so keep coming, keep buying tickets, keep being passionate because there will come a day again where this football program is, is considered the best group of five program in America. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate you I appreciate here. you guys having me. To the top, baby. We'll haul everybody. Eagle Hour continues from the baseball office at P. Taylor Park right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to our edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting inside the baseball office here at the Conference USA Tournament. What a show today uh, so far. Michael Mergen, Scott Berry, Jeremy McLean, Will Hall, John Cox. We need to set up in here just for every show because everyone that walks by, we got baseball players, coaches. This is a perfect place to be. We've got another legend on the show. This man is undefeated against Mississippi State, and that's uh, one of the reasons we like him so much. Former Golden Eagle pitcher Daniel Stewart now with Southern Bank Corps. And, uh, Daniel, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, thanks to your great bank uh, for being such a major sponsor of our show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, and uh, Southern Bank Corp really enjoys being a part of the show. All right, you weren't able to join us today because you're, you're up at a banking school, but uh did want to talk to you for just a minute before we talk a little bit about the bank, about this year's baseball team. I know you're a former pitcher here for the Golden Eagles and uh, right. and, and a big fan. Uh, it's been really uh, – we were talking to Scott early uh, in the show. 
you consider the uh, Boo Ferris Award, Coach Berry, Coach of the Year. Coach Berry breaks the all-time winning record. Coach Oz is the assistant coach of the year, won another conference championship. What a what a special season this has proven to be. It really has. Um, you know, you look back over the the last, say, 30 years with Coach Denson, Coach Palmer, Coach Berry, and it seems like each coach has elevated the program to a completely new level. Coach Berry's been able to maintain a certain level of excellence since his tenure started, and it's just been really fun to watch these these teams that have played over the last few years and it's arguably, you know, maybe the best team we've had this year. So we'll, I'm kind of anxious to see how the season ends up. You know, Daniel, I was down there earlier today watching a little bit of Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee, and then I was watching the first few innings of Tech and Charlotte. Uh, as great a year as the Golden Eagles have had, they've got their hands full. This is a this is a really talented field of teams, and these are teams that are good enough. Really, anybody could get hot and win this thing. You really, you're, you're exactly right. You know, we've always talked about our pitching. Our pitching is excellent, uh, but there are some teams in Conference USA that can really swing it. I mean, Old Dominion, you just mentioned being one of them. Uh, UTSA, just about every one of their hitters are batting over 300. So, you know, I, I'm obviously rooting for the Eagles here, but there are a lot of good teams in this tournament, and uh, I'm just hoping that, as a former pitcher, I'm hoping that our pitching will will carry us to the Conference USA victory. Well, speaking of swinging it, uh, they tied a conference record seven home runs in the opening game. That's a, a, a tad ominous, is it not? <laughs> it definitely yeah. is. But they've got some some guys that can really hit, though. They do. Right. All right. I want to talk to you for just a couple of minutes about Southern Bank Corps, a studio sponsor of our show, and uh, very grateful for that. Uh, I'm sorry I wasn't there, but I understand you guys had a great event uh at your bank in Midtown a couple of weeks ago, I think the guys were there, uh, uh, Michael and Kelly and uh, and uh, Luke and Coach Barry joined them. Uh, it was a great event, yeah. and uh, things are really going well for Southern Bank Corps in Midtown. Yeah, they really are. Um, you know, we had a great turnout. It was a great event. We were able to um, bring a lot of people in. We gave away some great door prizes, and it's just kind of a testament to the type of bank that we are. We want to be involved in our community. We want to be involved with the university. Um, we want to know the people that we that we bank. And um, you know, we've only been here a couple of years now. Um, but everybody that's working for us, we've been in, in town and been in banking for quite some while. So new bank to town, a couple years in. But I think we've shown that we really are here to stay and we want to be involved. And um, it, it's just a really great place to, to, to work and to, to be a customer of. We've got a young couple who's going to be joining us uh, here toward the end of the show that just opened up a new beignet store uh, in in the Midtown area. Hard to describe how successful Midtown has become and and what a vibrant and new part of Hattiesburg it is. So for the bank to be located right square in the middle of that was really a perfect location, right? Yeah, it really is. We, we kind of feel like we're in the middle of everything and yeah, I had some of those beignets last week, and it's probably bad that I've discovered them because, man, they are good. Oh. I'm going to want to eat them quite a bit. But, um, yeah, we really are. We feel like we're in the middle of everything. We're, we're right across from the university from USM. Um, a lot of retail around us, right off Hardy Street and 49. So we feel like that's a very strategic location, um, and, and it's just a great place to be in, in Hattiesburg. Well, I'm happy to say that they have brought some of the beignets here to us. Uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to be sampling those. But they they have the Daniel Stewart seal of approval, is what I'm hearing. 
they definitely do. It's, uh, you know, as along with all the other stuff around us, chicken salad, chicken, pyros, it's, uh, it's a lot of good food. They, they all get my seal of approval. They do. All right, Daniel, as a man that defeated Mississippi State each and every time you went on the mound, you'll always be one of our favorites because of that. Uh, what What is the secret for Southern Miss to uh, leave Conference USA not only the regular season but uh, tournament champions as well? You know, they've just got to stick to what they've been doing all year, honestly. you got to pitch well. you got to play good defense. Hitting is going to be spotty at times, but it's the other facets of the game that are going to get you through. Um, with Ewing back in our lineup, I think the last couple weekends, we've really seen our offense kind of gel again. We went through a rough spot there. So, you know, I would just say tell those guys, keep doing what they're doing. Pitching's going to be great. Uh, play good defense. Do what you can to play and be aggressive. And everything hopefully should work out for the best for us. This rain, though, does throw a monkey wrench in, into things. For for example, for Louisiana Tech and Charlotte, they bring their they bring their Friday night guys out right to pitch the opening game. They play four innings. Now they haven't been playing for two hours. Those guys are effectively gone, are they not, Daniel? I don't know if they'd be gone, but it's definitely as a starting pitcher you kind of get in a routine and having only pitch four innings and have to come out and not be able to go back in definitely kind of messes up that routine. But you know these guys are, are gamers. It's, it's conference tournament time. If they're called upon, whether it's us or another team, those players are going to step up and do what they've got to do to win. Right. Uh, baseball in the state of Mississippi, and, and obviously you were a part of that. We were talking uh, earlier this afternoon to Coach Barry off the air, and uh, pretty much undisputed that Mississippi, in many ways, is the is the king state when it comes to college baseball. Three outstanding Division One programs in a state this size, pretty remarkable. Yeah. It really is, and, you know, I think that's really supported by some really great baseball fans in the state of Mississippi. You look at attendance at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at Southern Miss, we're always top 10, top 20 in attendance every year. We've got really good high school programs that are here, so those are feeder programs to all these universities. And, you know, just in Mississippi, gosh, yeah, you've got some really great baseball in the state, and our um, fans are, like I said, a huge part of that. Right. All right, real quickly, uh, people want to do bank, uh, do business with your fine bank, Southern Bank Corps. Uh, let them know again where you are, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, um, we are right in the Midtown Development, like I said, across from USM, uh, right next to Rock and Roll Sushi. Uh, come in and see us, talk to us anytime. We're there Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Uh, we would love to, to meet you, and we'd love to have your business. All right, Daniel, we appreciate you as always, and uh, hopefully the next time uh, we're on location like this, you can join us in person. Always always enjoy our conversations with you. Yeah, I, I do as well. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Daniel Stewart, everybody, with uh, Southern Bank Corps. All right, Michael Mergens is uh, our producer here this afternoon that's kept us on the air. Michael, you got a weather update? Looks like it's going to be clearing up here, so they may actually have that 3.30 start. So you're optimistic? Yeah. Would that be it for the night? No. Can I go ahead and make my plans now? They uh, bring an umbrella and a poncho and a pontoon. <laughs> You'll be okay. And it's going to be off and on. That's going to be what's tough is that there's going to be off and on storms. There'll be light rain, uh, but then these heavy pop-ups. Again, we're under a severe thunderstorm watch 
until 5 o'clock. So I'm hoping that they, that's at least a prediction of when the severe stuff will be out of the area. But we still have a 100% chance of rain tonight. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will move out of the area by noon tomorrow. Has that changed any no. in regard to tomorrow? No. 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 Uh, we would really kind of think, though, that that perhaps the skies will clear and we can really get on with the baseball tournament starting tomorrow afternoon. Is that is that yes. accurate? Yeah, I think by late afternoon, certainly into the evening, and then it's wide open uh, until midweek next week for rain. We will be actually clear, gorgeous weather, 90s, but uh, we could also see some humidity sneaking in. So hmm. I'm sure the teams from up on the East Coast are going to enjoy the South Mississippi humidity after a day and a yep. half of rain. Especially when they've been down here and there hasn't been any and yeah. you know how it goes it once it's it's here it pops in so if we have to play old dominion in the championship game i think we should encourage our coaching staff to feed them a lot of ice cream yes and let them run some sprints an hour or so before the game what do you think uh f- alfredo they need to eat lots and lots of alfredo, alfredo and they'll be good to go yeah that, that'll would, help uh, immensely that, chicken alfredo yeah i think uh, that would be good right, we have beignets in the building <laughs> we do which and, is uh, you're going to sample one here in oh, of course yeah. yeah see jeremy's hanging around i guess that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that's the only reason that's probably a good reason that how long before our break michael um should be a minute Okay. No, nope, we're in the bumper now. We're in the break now. All right, when we come back, we want to tell you about a great new business uh, that's here in Hattiesburg. We think if you hadn't found out about it, you're going to love Mo Beignet, and we're going to talk about that right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We're eating beignets. Yeah, my goodness. Have to have <laughs> to break up the beignet eating to come back on the air. That seems uh that seems a bit unfair. We're broadcasting from the baseball office at Pete Taylor Park. All right, come on over here, Morgan. So I've got Morgan Whitehead coming on the set here, and Morgan has made everybody's day down here because she has brought a dozen beignets from her new business, Mo Beignet, which is located on Hardy Street, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. Morgan, I'm going to tell you, scale of 1 to 10, I'm a pretty good sweet expert. I ate a lot of sweets. That's a 10. That was delicious with the strawberry cream on it. What did you have, Michael? The buttercream. Buttercream. And I hadn't been a dipper before. I am now. I'm a. Jeremy, did you eat one? With cinnamon. cinnamon. My favorite cinnamon. Well, they're absolutely delicious. Yeah, so you brought you. beignets to the Hub City. Of course. You brought the Big Easy to the Hub City in a way. Absolutely. So yeah. tell us about your business. Um, well, it was founded in 2020 in Mobile. Um, our flagship store is in downtown Mobile, and I've been with the company ever since. And we survived our first Mardi Gras. And then COVID happened, and we survived that and thrived after that. And as soon as the owner... Um, 
started doing franchising, I said, I, I think I want to open a franchise in Hattiesburg. I think that would be perfect because um, this is where I'm from and this is where I was raised and a good way for me to get back to Hattiesburg. Well, that knowing sound you hear was me finishing mm-hmm. off. Finishing that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I realized as soon as I did that that uh, I probably uh, shouldn't have done that. Well, they're delicious. Thank and so, you. so your business sells of these beignets with yes. the different types of toppings the, the syrup, an assortment yep. of coffees and drinks, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can get the full size ones and we have minis. And what sets us apart a little bit is the syrups. Those are a total game changer. They come on the side. We've got buttercream, cinnamon, and then the strawberries are seasonal. Right. And that's what's different. Yes. Uh, the, when you when you think of the original beignet that maybe people ate in New Orleans, that you didn't have these these different flavors, flavors. dipping mm-hmm. sauces, so to speak. Yep. So we'll always have the buttercream and the cinnamon, and then every month we'll change out the seasonal. Awesome. So there's always a reason to come back and try something new. All right, Michael. What's the buttercream like? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Buttercream's probably yeah. the most popular. Um, uh-huh. Cinnamon's the staff's favorite. And you're in the perfect location because you're not only right across from Southern. Right. You've got a hospital and a clinic behind you. You've got Midtown. You have all these homes developing around you, and it is the hip place to be in town. Absolutely. So you really, you couldn't have mapped it out any better, really. It definitely all fell into place the way we feel like it was meant to be. It Um, was. It it tastes like it was meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're so excited to be here. When do you open? What would be your hours of operation? Um, We open at 7.30 a.m. during the week, and we close at 9 during the week. But on the weekends, Friday and Saturday nights, we're open until 11. Yes. So we're open late. So come hang out. That that would be a place to hang out. Now, all the Southern Miss fans that listen to the show across uh, the southern part of the state and online and what have you, I want you guys all to know that this young couple, these are Southern Miss people. (laughs) She's got on a shirt that says, Baseball is better in Hattiesburg. That's the gospel. (laughs) Uh, And her husband has on a Southern Miss uh, Adidas shirt and a hat. And uh, you guys are here for the baseball tournament Absolutely. as well as uh, the beignets, correct? Yes. I grew up here. My dad raised me at the roost. So Yeah, her dad is Jody Lott. And uh, so, yeah, you did. You literally grew up in the roost. I you? did back when there was tire sandboxes and <laughs> um, the trees weren't so overgrown as they are now. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I, I remember it since I was little. So you guys are Southern Miss people. We are. Absolutely. Right. right. So we want... We want our Southern Miss listeners to know that when you go to Beaubignet, you're not only going to be enjoying some really, really good sweets and coffees, uh, but you're going to be supporting Southern Miss people who in turn are supporting Southern Miss. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. So what would you? what is the message you would like to get out about Maubignet? Um It's good. Oh, it's fabulous for sure. Um, It's it's affordable. I think that it's something for everyone. I think that whether you're a college student, adult, going out with your friends, going out on a date, taking the kids, it's something that's happy and sweet for everybody. Correct. And you sell, I, I noticed when I was in your store the other day, you sell some of the mixes and things that people can take home. We do. Home. Yes, you can, you can get a whole jar of the syrup if you oh, like. Wow. Take it home. The strawberry um, syrup. Can get the strawberry syrup. You uh, can get the buttercream and the cinnamon. But I tell you, the buttercream is fabulous on some ice cream. No, I bet. And yeah. the cinnamon is great with some apples um, at home mm. and fruit. Uh, and then, mm. of course, the mixes you can make at home. But you can always come yeah, and have us. You can always come and just have us. And I was telling you, you off air that my wife will do that. And it's it's just too much work. Let so us do it so for much, you. Yeah, thank you very much because that makes we it got much you. easier. The family can show up and not have to. And 
you can deal with the mess. Absolutely. <laughs> because for we know sure. Let all, us clean it up. It's it, fine. Exactly. We all know how messy uh, the powdered sugar can get with beignets, but the, that, that's part of The messier, of it. the better. We love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> of course, when your two-year-old is licking it off the table <laughs> yep. at a public restaurant. <laughs> or, <laughs> Kelly. or Kelly. Or yeah, Kelly. Kelly. I've Kelly seen Kelly Sander do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I saw Kelly one time. We brought, there were some donuts in the studio. Mm-hmm. And he walked in and he licked the three donuts that was in the box and set them back down. I said, did you want these? Yep. Oh, no. I said, no, I don't. Uh, thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Thanks Mo, for having Mo me. Mo Beignet, where are you? We're at 2902 Hardy Street, right across from campus. Well, thank you for bringing the uh, beignets. And i got to tell you guys, it was absolutely delicious. And yes. we, thank you. We know everybody's going to enjoy it. Thank you so much. That wraps up the Eagle Hour here from Pete Taylor Park. We'll be back at the park tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Brian Dozier is going to be joining us. Jason Muntz from the Commercial Appeal. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. We thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Thanks to all of our great guests today. Hopefully there will be some baseball tonight. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.